I said, the Lord called me and, and he looked at me and he smiled um, because I was young. I was mm -hmm. 14. I was 14 coming here saying, I heard the voice of the Lord tell me that I am called to preach the gospel. Mm -hmm. I know what that meant. I, I, <laughs> I was just like, I heard it. And he smiled at me and I'll never forget it. He gave me a little booklet and it was called Preaching for Children. Wow. And uh, I got the little booklet and he gave it to me and I went through it and I started looking for a message at him and he gave me a page of it and he said, now preach this on Sunday. You'll do, give me five minutes and just preach this. And I preached my first sermon at the age of 15 uh, and I can't remember what the message was, but I ended up reading something out of the book of Matthew. Okay. And um yeah, yeah, that's the journey. That's where it began. You know, when I um, I heard you speak on today um, in the clubhouse room, and when you were speaking, I said, man, he sounds so much like Noel Jones. <laughs> Just <It's> funny. <laughs> you're, you're, I thought that because the way you were explaining yourself, mm -hmm. it was so much like the way he explains himself. Yeah. And I was like, his style is so much like Noel Jones. Yeah, I watched a lot of Noel Jones. My, my, my aunt, she would get tapes for, like, the, they would have, like, these tapes from Full Gospel, and he would do, like, little um, sermonette things mm -hmm. from the side, like little teachings. And I began to literally just listen to him. And I got it in my system. Now we know that now, years later, mm -hmm. um, that was in the early 90s. Now, mm -hmm. years later, his style of preaching is taught it's in taught in education like yeah. it's the way he does it so for me i i i personally um just had the encounter to be able to sit and learn just mm -hmm. watching something not that i was really trying to mimic no was. i just was inspired enough to know that i was called to do this and mm -hmm. and when you're called to do something you're like okay what does it look like? And mm -hmm. him and I own a lot for some reason. Um, those two, I watch those videos probably more than anyone else, and they never get old for me because they were real, authentic ways of how they articulated the word of God. You could tell that there was relationship in those seasons for them. And so it became real for me. Mm -hmm. And um i never forget it. This is when Eddie Long was a part of Full Gospel <laughs> Baptist Church. Um, he preached the message. And I watched him and just the articulation mm -hmm. of presenting the word of God and then presenting it with a sound place. Yeah. Now, mind you, I'm, I'm, I'm 13, 14, 15 hearing these messages, and I could not wait to get or to see who what was being said in those moments yeah. to build and develop me to where I'm at now. And, and really, I have to be honest, it wasn't until I listened to uh, Pastor Foster, who I, at that season, was trying to usher me into ministry, mm -hmm. that even if you hear him talk and articulate the word of God, there are moments where I can remember how he would articulate certain things and he would like go into the scripture they called him the preacher's preacher. Mm -hmm. And it was just the way he oratorically gave it. Mm -hmm. Like it was, 
it was that we were children at that time and we could receive exactly what he said. And so I think that's how it was formed. Mm -hmm. And and God just kind of enhanced it. And then he added some prophetic gifts on top of it. And it just took When I tell me. you, when you speak in the word, just your, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like it pierces your, your soul. And it's the, yeah. the way you're delivering the word. Yeah. And it's like m my spirit gets happy. You know what I'm saying? Yes, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> that's exactly. Yeah. That's it. It's like it's feeding. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm being fed. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, I, one, of my, uh, one of my mentors at the time, I was in a ministry for several years. Mm -hmm. And uh, very well known here in Columbus at the time, and we were known for the, the the preachers at that time. Those pastors were known for really uh, diving in the work, very oratorical, mm -hmm. very much um, theologians when it came to revelatory ideas. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and so um, as I progressed in the word, like I began to to uh, bridge gaps. I remember when I first heard um, uh, what's his name? Fred Hammond. Okay. And he had a, a, a song and he opened up the song with uh, Acts chapter 16 verse 25. And at midnight Paul and Silas prayed oh. and sang praise unto God. And when I heard that word, I loved it. My mom, my mom one day was upstairs, I had a tape recorder. I was going to the tape recorder. Mm -hmm. And I would literally take the tape recorder and I would sit there and I would hit record and play. And I had a little cassette play, little cassette tape. And I would record my message. Um, and I would preach this message over and over again for like two years. When I finally got in the ministry, I would preach Acts chapter 16, verse 25, because I understood mm -hmm. what was being said. And at midnight, it ministered to me. I remember one day I was young and, and I watched him. I was watching Noel Jones and my dad was upstairs and my time my room was downstairs and I would hear my, my father would come in one day and I was preaching and I was following everything that was being said on the screen. This was, I was really young and I was just preaching and I was pretending like I was in front of thousands because I just knew that that's what I was, that you just, you just know something is going to happen in my life in ministry. And uh, <laughs> I would just sit there and I would just take in the word. A lot of people don't know that for me, I don't openly just read stuff. Like, okay. like, like I don't sit there and pull out the Bible and just line by line, precept by precept. I have to really take out the Bible, get me a Bible app, put my, put my earphones on, and I have to listen to the word. Some people will think that I can read like I want to. I don't read like I want to. So I was diagnosed with dyslexia at a young age. Um, and, and, and I had a reading problem. And I hated reading out loud. I can read, mm -hmm. but I could not read like I wanted to. So when I start doing um, Pastor Bridget, I would literally put my earphones in. And I'll sit there and I'll follow along. Mm. And when I got to certain words, I'll let the Bible speak it to me. Wow. And the reason why I articulate the word the way I do is because I have 
to listen to it while others have to read it. Okay. And so when you get something in your ear and you learn about ears, you learn about what the ear does and how it connects to your memory bank and how it causes development of learning. The word became easy to read when other things became hard. Because I completely depend on God. People, yeah. people are like you, you, you never, I never go to the word of God thinking that I know it. I go to the word of God asking God to reveal it. And God began to reveal to me what the word was doing, what it was, what was happening and how it was manifesting and how it was going to grow me and mm -hmm. how it was going to build me. Because now I can't just read something. I got to read it and then apply it. Yeah. And I heard um, Pastor Matt, uh, Matthew Mitchell from Dayton, Ohio, Revival Center. He said to me one day, he said, Marcus, you're going to have to go through it before you present it. And so for me, God bless you, Pastor Jesse. For me, it was to really learn how to articulate the word of God in a way that was not applicable for someone my age. Because remind you now, the word of God is very interesting. It's very dynamically big. Mm -hmm. But I tried to make it where I remember my leaders at the time, they said to me one day, you will never preach in front of the congregation until you learn how to preach in front of a child. And so for a year and a half, they left me in the basement with the children. And I began, when they finally said, come up and minister to the adults, I didn't want to. Because I had learned how to minister <laughs> to children so well that I became articulate. People used to beg me to come and teach children's ministry because remember now, I had to learn like a child. I never left that. So I go and get children's Bibles and I look at them. people like, why don't you have this kind of Bible and this kind of Bible? I can't read like you. So let me go ahead and do what I can do and learn from a children's book. Wow. And so now the stories became real for me because I would sit there and my attention span was like short. Mm -hmm. So I was like, let me go read this book. Let me go read this Bible. And I would go get a children's book that would to keep my attention and I would read the stories. I remember I got my first children's book and it was my first Bible. And it looked and for me, it wasn't hard for me to admit mm -hmm. the fact that I had issues. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, my parents were very supportive of me um, in that in that time when I was trying to really learn. They were very supportive with me. My father's an educator, my mm -hmm. mother uh is 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 practically running um a departments and stuff and so they were very much ones who supported me and my struggle mm -hmm. and they wasn't my dad is a stickler about my handwriting okay so where i couldn't do certain things my handwriting was on point wow. because that's just how it was uh -huh. so for me ministry became more potent when i became more willing Wow. So, you know, just listening to your story, I'm just I have a newfound <laughs> admiration for you because your journey to where you are now was even more difficult yeah. than what, you know, than what like a normal like not saying that you're not normal, but because you. you you had to figure your way around things yeah. in order to learn the way you needed to learn. Yeah. So 
it sounded like everything was good and going well. So mm -hmm. usually in those teenage years, there's a little rebellion that happens. Did you go through that? I did. Okay. Um, I did. In my, mostly in my last part of my teenage years. Mm -hmm. um, my family, of course, you know, my, my mom and dad, they were sticklers. They were known. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I respected my parents. I, I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Let's just be honest. I was a teenager. But um, there was a standard that I realized that I had to live by. Did I live by it? No. Mm -hmm. So I was able to make the mistakes. I tell people now, if your children are in ministry, let them be a child. Mm -hmm. um, my father, my mother, they let me very much be who God called me to be. But I think when my mother began to really see certain things, she would put me in like, you're called to do stuff. You have a great call on your life. You know, do this, do this. And I would just repeat, I, I wouldn't want to do it. I would want to do what everybody else mm -hmm. is doing. And, and, and to be honest with you, Bridget, I learned the hard way. You know, what you do in a child mm -hmm. age, you're going to learn it later on. Yeah. Um, and there was a season where I literally thought that I was all that in a bag of chips. When at the younger age, because here I am preaching, mm -hmm. here I am ministering, here I am doing stuff, mm -hmm. but yet it's still, I'm still acting like a hellion. You, you know, okay. that's just, okay. you know, but it wasn't until I got in my older years. It wasn't when I was like younger, because younger I was, I dealt with some stuff. Mm -hmm. Let's not, let's not play the game like we never dealt with nothing. Exactly. I dealt with some things as a young age. I remember um, when I was in, I'm high school, and I saw everybody doing what they were doing, and for some reason, I had conviction. I didn't understand it, but mm -hmm. I had it. You know, I had moments where I was like, no, nah, I shouldn't be doing mm -hmm. this. And it bothered me, because I'm like, I just want to be a child, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? I want to have fun. Yeah, because you've been preaching most of your life. <laughs> I've been preaching most of my life. So I want a moment where I can just chill, yeah. you know? Um, and when I got older, as I left my parents' house and I was going into college, it was like an awakening because the reality of it is, is that I was, I, I love Legos, I love cars, I love WrestleMan, I loved, you know, being a person that liked technology, I mm -hmm. liked all this stuff, mm -hmm. but, um, um, it was hard. It, it, yeah. it was not. It was not something that I wasn't always proud about because I lived on the south side of Columbus. I didn't go to the school that everybody that one of my friends went to. I ended yeah. up going to Eastmore Academy. I ended up being in um, with a bunch of people I didn't know, and it was like my journey has always been like that, where I wanted to be with everybody everybody I grew up yeah. with, but God would somehow open up a door mm -hmm. and I would be going to to another side of town. Yeah. I don't know nobody. I don't know none of the people. Um, and even now, it's like that. I'm, I'm, I'm in places where I don't know nobody, but people are embracing me. And I think that's where it becomes the, like, God, okay, when do we have a moment <laughs> where I'm around somebody I know, you know? And so um, it became very, very hard. 
it became very difficult, but I understood how to take the journey. Um, yeah. And so I always, I'm a very private person mm-hmm. when it comes to family. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to me being transparent, I think that stuff has changed. I'm not too much open, but I'm open enough to let people know you can go through this, 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 and this, mm-hmm. but there's this, 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 and this that comes with that requirement mm-hmm. of going through it. So, yeah, I think that's a great way to. And, you know, just listening to your story, um, it sounds like everything was just set up the way God wanted you to, yeah. to live in order for you to be where you are now. Yeah. So when you, uh, you say you went to college, yeah. And so basically things just continued on the same road as you know you were going or no. <laughs> no. Uh you know it's funny. Um in college is when I found out I was called to be an apostle. Okay. And mind you, I I've been very sheltered in church. So I'm used to um the the apostle creed i'm used to the lord's prayer i'm used to this stuff and systematic way of moving in ministry mm-hmm. so i'm nothing against it i think that if that's mm-hmm. how god builds you up in ministry that's perfect but for some reason i was like the the rebellious mm-hmm. kind of situation because i go to college and then i find out the holy ghost exists <laughs> and so <laughs> i'm like wait a minute hold on why did nobody tell me about the holy ghost you know and so um mind you i've had had moments in prayer i've had moments i used to sit in prayer for hours um in college i would be in prayer it'd be started at seven i don't get up till 10 like it was like time that's why if you really listen to me pray i i get lost in it because i don't know how to end um it's communication for me um and so I remember, you know, going to college, finding out the Holy Ghost exists. And then that first time ever someone praying for me, I was like blown away. It was like a, a, a high, you know, because I've had always learned our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy mm-hmm. name. Mm-hmm. So now that I'm coming into this newness, I'm like, wait a minute, there are words that can be added in prayer? Oh, so this was all new to you, yes, all even new. though you were in the word all of these years. Yeah, I didn't know. I, I, I did not know the Holy Ghost so, existed the way well, did I, you Did you catch up with like Church of God in Christ people or something? No, it was it was just, I don't even remember. I thought, at first I started out with a bunch of Baptists. Okay. And, and, and which is, which is <laughs> by the way, nothing against it. No, Baptist, no, no, but, no. <laughs> they 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 sticklers with the Holy Ghost. They like if there is no interpreter, you are not speaking in tongues. Like it was like it was like that. So I didn't know what tongues were. I, I knew I, I had a language, but I didn't understand it. I didn't know what I was saying. I'd be in prayer, and I remember the Holy Ghost hit me in, at, 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 at the church, and I ran. Like I didn't know what to do. It was like I was like <laughs> I was like <laughs> I don't know what to react to. I don't know how to move. And all I could think about, my aunts, my uncles, my, my mom, my dad, everybody was there. 
and I'm running. I'm, I mean, like literally, like I'm sitting at the altar. My friends are getting saved. I got a choir robe on, and all I know that day, all I can remember was that I felt something hit me, and all I knew was I darted to the back. Like I ran like the fast, I was a fast runner. I run a four three in the 40. So <laughs> I, 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 I ran and in midair as I'm running my uncle Bobby, I'll never forget it. He caught me in midair and my feet went up in the air and they, I think they didn't understand what was going yeah. on. With me, but my uncle, he was like, he's holding on to me and he's carrying me into this back area in this church, in the church that I grew up in. And all these people are coming around and they're praying. And in that moment, Rich, I keep you not, the Spirit of the Lord hit me and I begin to speak in tongues. And I begin to lay hands and I begin to prophesy and I begin to pray. I did not know what was going on. And I'm sure your parents were my like, parents, what is my, going My mom was just crying. My dad is like, <laughs> <laughs> like, what's going on? Man? And so I'm sitting there and I'm telling them what's going on. I'm, I'm really telling them things that they did. I start speaking the sicknesses. I start telling stuff, and I'll never forget it. No, as long as I hear, I come out and there's just an option of confidence on me. I walk up to the pulpit and I begin to speak. Now, mind you, I'm in Methodist church. Okay. <laughs> and I begin. I begin to, and I'm young, and I be, and I'm, I'm bold. Anybody knows me now knows when I'm in service. Do not tell me because I'm going to prophet. I'm going to tell you what the Lord is saying. Okay. And so I'm sitting in the service and I walk <laughs> up my happy self into the pulpit. Now, mind you, I'm in a Methodist church. I walk up to the pulpit and Apostle Foster looks at me and I begin to lay hands on him, not knowing that several months later uh, he would fall, fall sick. And, and I begin to pray. And, and the thing about it is, is that I didn't understand it. Mind you, I didn't understand it. And so I'm like, this is crazy. I'm, you know, uh -huh. and I'm like, God, what's going on? And so I had this unusual journey with the Holy Ghost. And this would happen to me several times, mind you. I would have moments. I, I, I can play a little, little, little bit, just a little bit. I can hear notes, you know what I'm saying? Um, and I was sitting, and one day the Spirit of the Lord hit me. My uncle was there, my aunts was there, and my grandmother. And I'll never forget it. I come from out of the back of the sanctuary, and I just hear God, literally. I hear the Father. He says, go get on the piano. Huh? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I can't play a look at that. Wait a minute, what are you talking about? And I, I go guess get, your parents are like... My mom and dad looking like this. My uncle's like, oh, Lord, here we go. And I get on the piano and I start playing. And my uncle says, and now mind you, I'm blacked out. At this point, I don't know nothing happening. This is the spirit of God literally mm -hmm. falling on me. And my uncle looks at me and he has this look in his eyes. You know, his eyes get real big and he's playing the bass and he's looking and he's like, oh my God, he's in every, like, he said to me after that, he said, you, do you, could you do that again if you, if you wanted to? Could you really do that again? And I said to him, yes, because I was confident. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yes, I can do it again. 
He said, no, you can't because that was the spirit of God on you. Wow. He said, you didn't miss not one note. You was in the right tempo. You was in the right place. And you don't even know that key. He said, what key was you in? I said, I was in the key of E. He said, no, you was not. <laughs> and it was right then I knew, I knew at least right at that moment, I knew God would use me in unusual ways. I could not go back to that piano ever again and do exactly what I did that day. And so I had moments, I had moments like that meeting up too now. And and so um yeah, it's been a great journey. Wow, it sounds like it. Yeah, it's it been a really interesting like journey. It. Yeah. Oh so. my gosh. Yes, and you know what? As you tell your, your story. I just see the love of God. You just love God, don't you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> because when you get to my, you get to the place that I'm in, uh -huh. and you really make, you really pay attention. You realize that my journey has not been the problem. My obedience at certain times was the problem. Okay, let's. Talk I won't. About that. <laughs> oh, well, you know what? Woo! We still didn't talk about J.K. Oh, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. J.K. is coming. So, so you know, I, I was in a ministry. I, after, you know, all of my seasons of um, running, because I had a moment where I ran. I was scared, you know, of the spirit. Because I would see stuff. I would have visions. And, and I'd be like, Lord, what is this uh, you're talking to me mm -hmm. about? Mm -hmm. And then, then the next day it would happen. I would see things like that, and mm -hmm. I would prophesy. I remember one day, I will never forget it. I minister, I'm, I'm covered in my, I'm covered in the Lord. I ministered this word, I was in college. And I'm about 20 years old. I had met my wife, well, my, my future wife at the time was getting ready to be my wife. Mm -hmm. And my father, he used to knit, he used to uh, do crochet. Okay. And um, I didn't understand. Now, mind you, I didn't know what prayer blankets were. Okay. But I remember telling him, I said, I want you to make me a blanket that was um, uh, army fatigue. Mm -hmm. And he so he made it for me, and I, I had it. And I remember, I'll never forget it. I preached with this, 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 um, at that time, I considered it a prayer shawl because whenever I would pray, I would pray in it. Okay. And um, I was preaching a message, I'm covered in God. And this was, I was at, I was with Matthew Mitchell and I, I was in it and it was hundreds of young people in the service because remind you, I would have moments, remember I talked <laughs> about having moments, I would have moments where I would just be, like I remember there was a guy that got murdered, I'm not killed, he got killed in a motorcycle accident and they had a huge memorial service and this memorial service was massive okay and the spirit of the lord said to me i need you to be bold and win souls tonight so i go to the person who had who had orchestrated this and mind you this was standing room over the room set a thousand people mm -hmm. and i said this is a perfect time for us to win a soul for christ mm -hmm. hundreds of young people came to the altar and got saved that day and i I got ridiculed because people thought I was out of order because it wasn't them. They said that you were out of order because that was a memorial service. I said, now you see, whenever people get passed on, we often, we open the doors of the church because now we look at it as, do you want to be this person in this casket? In the 90s, it wasn't that bad because yeah. 
that we wouldn't see all this we see today. And so I will never forget it. People came to me and they said, you are out of order. So you were, you were prophetically working. I was coming into something yeah. I didn't know. Because um, now that's what, that's what happens. They have That's a, what happened. Yeah. <laughs> that's what happened. The call. They have all the, the call, call now. At the and, and the, and the, and the cast, you're right there yeah. in front of you. Yeah. And so I, I remember when that happened to me, I went into this shell mm. and I said, God, I, I do not want to minister. I do not want to, because they made me feel so yeah. bad about being me. And at this point, I'm going through, I'm pastoring. I'm in college now. I've come, I'm in Rice State. I'm getting ready to transfer out. And I'm getting, I'm taking on a ministry. I have a church, I'm doing this. And so after this, we had a service. Hundreds of young people were in this room. Mm -hmm. It only said 50. Okay. And so it was standing room only. And I began to minister. And I remember God was showing me that you're coming into a place of deliverance now. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget it. The Lord told me, turn off the lights and have only the first couple of lights on in the front of the sanctuary. And so I did it. And I ministered the word. I'm covered in the Lord. I'll never forget it. A young lady came in and the demon manifested. Now, mind you, I'm in Dayton, Ohio, and hundreds of people, and the doors, this is how I knew God was going to, you know, God was doing what he was doing, because the doors start opening and closing. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget it. It was, doors was opening, closing, opening, closing. Doors was shutting real fast because we had, we had literally called so many people who were dealing with demonic warfare start rising and coming up. And I'm sitting there and I'm young. But mind you, I still don't know everything I know oh, so that I know. Like You didn't I, know anything about deliverance? And no, <laughs> I did not know nothing. So you were like... And so like, I, what is going on? What's going on? I'm preaching and I'm just preaching the word and folk is screaming and I'm like, what is going on? And I'm just preaching and I'm going hard. At this time, I was a hooper. So, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm thinking I'm, they, they, they get in the Holy Ghost because mind you, I've been around Baptists. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking I'm getting ready to come this day, you know. And God begins to take over my mouth. And I say, you. And I start calling spirits out. And they start falling. And I say, God, what is going on? And so, once again, I'm having moments. I don't understand okay. everything going on. Okay. And so, as I progress, I start, you know, this is happening. And then, once again, here comes the enemy. Mm -hmm. Somebody comes and says to me, you were out of order. And they said this. You look like Noel Jones. Wow. So watch this. Now, mind you, I've watched the person all yeah. my life. I've, I've studied it. I, I, you know, I, I, I was young. I got to see the stuff that didn't nobody see. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> my aunt is connected. So I'm, I'm seeing things that people don't even understand mm -hmm. I'm seeing. But at that time, I can't justify why I'm articulating my words the way I do. Mm -hmm. It's because I, it was a learned behavior. And so, yeah. so I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay. And so it made me feel bad. And then I go in the cave again and I don't come out. And so as I progress, I start to find out that people really don't like my movement. 
they don't like the fact that I'm different. I can't do what you do. Mm-hmm. I can't move like you move. And the Lord started dealing with me. So the pastor that I was under at a time, I start hearing him talk and I start hearing witchcraft. Now, mind you, I don't know what it is. Oh, so I don't know what this is. This is all new. All new. Everything is new. And I hear witchcraft. And I'm like, wait a minute. You sound like something weird. So I start reading the word. This is when I found out witchcraft existed. I start reading the word. And God starts showing me stuff. And I had a prophet. Her name was Allison Johnson. I'll never forget mm-hmm. it. She came to me and she said to me, Marcus, the Lord is getting ready to send you out of this place. I'm like, what? I like it here. No, God's getting ready to take you out of this place because this place is getting ready to go under attack. So, and and watch this, and, said, and the pastor is going to be the one to release you. Now, mind so you, I'm in my you, I'm in my rebellious stage too. You, how long have you been at that? This place? was the place I was going for when I was in college. So, mind you, I had been rebellious too. I was preaching and sinning. <laughs> Let, let's just be honest. I was preaching and sinning. And so, I get a phone call, and they say we cannot. I remember I was pre I was talking, and the Lord showed me that there is a demon connected to this man. And I say, but I didn't know the word like that. I knew the word, but I didn't know it fully like that. And I saw, I said, I can see, and I didn't know I was prophetically speaking. I can see y'all seeking out the demon or devil. Y'all, y'all been seeking the devil out. And I, I know what I was saying. So the people got mad. He said that we've been seeking the devil. I got a call that night and the pastor said, you are no longer welcome in my church. If you come, you will be dealt with harshly. I said, so you threatening me? Now, mind you. Just because I, you just because you said that about the devil. And I, and I was sinning. Let's not forget the sinning. <laughs> I was acting up. I was not good. That. Listen. But he said to me, because you were exposing stuff. And I didn't know. You know, I didn't know. And the Lord said, Marcus, don't say a word. Walk away. Don't say nothing. I'm going to deal with it. Three months later, the pastor had a credit card for $50,000. A deacon stole everything they had and he had to close the church. The Lord said, I told you I was going to deal with it. Because at that time, I didn't do nothing wrong. I exposed something. Yeah. And and the Dickens didn't like it. Because you were getting too, too close to them. I was getting too close. I wasn't getting close to them. God was just revealing stuff. And yeah, I, but you, you didn't know. know what you were. I didn't know what I was saying. Because I, I still don't know about prophetic ministry. Oh, my gosh. So you're like, what was I thinking? What was going on? I, was, I felt bad. I, I mean, like I can't go home <laughs> to Columbus, Ohio, and sit under my leader. Pastor Frosch at that time and just sit there and be all right. I, I didn't I didn't feel bad, you know what I'm saying? This was just where I was at because I'm in college, I'm away from school. Yeah. Yeah, he kicked me out. I got kicked out of my first church. This wasn't gonna be my last kick out though. 
It wasn't gonna be my last one. I wanna make sure it make that clear. It wasn't gonna be the last one I, last time. There's a there's a there's a there's more time to get kicked out. So you know what I'm saying. So I'm I'm just like, you know, God, this is how it is. I laugh at it now, but at those times I was really angry because I had developed relationships. Yeah. And if anybody understands, you know, you're young, you're 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 like, man, I, I developed a relationship mm -hmm. with you. This is how you treat me? Oh, you gonna pay. Hard. It was hard, hard, you know, and so um, then I ended up going to Revival Center. When I went to Revival Center, um, I stopped preaching a lot more. I was mm -hmm. preaching like every other mm -hmm. Sunday. Um, he wanted to make me an associate pastor. Um, I was the most, you know, I preached more than anybody. And uh, I got connected to, at that time, Apostle Webb. Okay. Uh, if anybody knows the, you know, you know, all the major preachers, Juanita Bynum, Apostle mm -hmm. Webb, there, mm -hmm. there was a big circle of them. Mm -hmm. I got connected to him and, you know, it was, wow, this is what we're doing. And I will never forget it. They looked at me and he said to me, you're an apostle of the Lord's church. And now, mind you, I didn't know what that was. Um, and I, I came home and I remember, I'll never forget, I called my mom. I said, mom, this man said I was an apostle in the Lord's church. <laughs> and my mom, with a, with, you know, my mom is so like, my mom is deadly weapons. She's like, she like, okay, son. That means this, 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 is, this, is a, this is a very serious thing. And you're going to need to oh. really study, study about this. And I, and I laughed at it. I said, well, I don't know what it is. And after that, the Holy Spirit hit me. And I was watching TBN because at this time they had Praise the Lord. You know, they praise the Lord every time. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. And I'm in school, and that's the only channel I could get is Jesus, Jesus channel. And so um, he's Praise the Lord. And um, Jan Crouch and, you know, Paul Crouch was on there. Mm -hmm. And they always had the black people <laughs> on the. Uh, <laughs> Jan always had the black people on the TV show, you know. And so Jan loved the black folks. So I would watch it when Jan did it. I yeah. didn't like when Paul. I like what Paul did because Paul, he did, he, he did people I didn't know, but I could, I could get with the folk that he was still hollering. And one day I remember I was watching the TV and, you know, we all have these stories about mm -hmm. when we watch TV and, and the Lord touches us. And I'm sitting there and I'm in college and, mm -hmm. and I'm sitting there and I'm watching and they say these words. Now I learned later on what this meant, you know. Mm -hmm. um, if you, you have a call in your life, I'll never get it was June 22nd. Um, 2002, you have a call in your life and God has been pulling on you and to do this and he's pointing mm -hmm. in the camera, you know, like this. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I know there's probably a million people watching, but you know. It's me. It's me. And you're going to go through seasons and you're going to go through times. I didn't realize that in 2023, that was 2022 or 20, 2002, that it would take me 20 some years later for that word to come back up in my life. Wow. And then begins the journey being under charismatic witchcraft. And I say that because, you know, a lot of times we don't want to talk about our harsh, our hard seasons. I was with the ministry for 15 years. Um, 
at that time it was called United Ministries Church. And, and I, I don't mind talking about it because I think a lot of times mm -hmm. we're afraid to tell our truths. And I learned a lot. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, you take, take the bones, spit out, take the, the meat, spit out mm -hmm. the bones. Um, but I realized that I was really being controlled um, by a system of ministry that really was helping at the time because I didn't understand who I was. Mm -hmm. uh, when I got away from Dayton, I had pastored two churches. So I had one church in Dayton, one church in Columbus, and I didn't know what to now do. How I had about were you at that point? I was twenty-two. Oh, I was. I just got recently married, um, and I had two churches. My my we had we had my ex-wife and I had one church in Dayton, one church in Charlotte. I mean, um, Columbus, and I had to make sure that I was doing this right. Mm -hmm. And I I went to the man of God and I told him what the Lord, you know, I was ready to learn about ministry because I'm shepherding now and I'm trying to go to everybody I can because here I have a hundred people who's under my minute under my leadership because the pastor left the pastor deuced out <laughs> and so I had to step in place and the apostle Webb came and said you will run this church and, and there was another gentleman who lived in Dayton, but ultimately it was still underneath yeah. what was going on and so I'm like Lord, I don't know what to do. I just got married, and this is not going to kill me. And I start running it. I start doing what I do. We start paying the bills of the church. We start moving the church. Start and that was a young age. Young age. Really two churches, and we had to make sure. And so the landlord of the building was the lease, the mortgage. The guy was like, I want my money. It was a lot of stuff going on. And I'll never forget, I had to go to my wife's grandfather, who was Bishop Odell McCullum. And we had to, t we, we needed somebody to come and really kind of bail us out of what was going on. Because here's a man left the ministry and he left. He, he dipped out. He, he, he had a, a mental break. And he, we didn't know he was coming back. We couldn't find him. We had investigators out for him, looking for him. Wow. We couldn't find him. And, um, it was hard. And, and, and I remember, and I'll never forget this, I ended up going to um, Apostle Webb and I said, I can't do this. This is not my assignment. My assignment was to help him, not build it. And he looked at me and said, I understand. And a week later, uh, Matthew came back and he said, I want my churches back. <laughs> it's like you peaced out. Right, you peaced out. And I'm like, you want this back, but then I want, I want, you know, in my mind, I was yeah. young. Yeah. So in my mind, I was like, I just helped. I made sure that your church didn't close. <laughs> I made sure, and then you know what happened? I realized, this is what I learned about, don't touch other people's assignments. Um, because I learned this the hard way. People that saw what we had done mm -hmm. was so loyal to the voice that they didn't even worry about me. And at that point, I cut ties. I sent the organs back. I sent all the equipment back. And he had church. And I don't. And now he's, you know, he's doing well now. But you know, for me, it was like I saved you in this moment, and this is how you treat me. Wow.
So then at that point, I was falling and I got connected to the ministry that I talked about. I was with for 15 years and it was becoming hard because so you were in a you were in a place of hurt yeah and so that very much that was so. a that was an open door yeah. for the and enemy never, to come in mind you i never closed it i never closed the door i never got healed from it i'm, I'm going i'm getting ready it's coming you coming around this circle real quick because you get ready so now <laughs> as i'm as i'm progressing in this place i i don't open my mouth there was a, a, a separation getting ready to happen. And the separation, now mind you, I tell people, in the beginning of my stage with the ministry that I was with, it was God. Mm -hmm. I seen miracles that I cannot explain. Mm -hmm. I seen heal, I seen babies show up in people's womb that when they went to the x-ray, they were just having, a, they was having the symptoms and they're having the belly, but no baby was there. And I see the baby they, they went and did the x-ray they prayed lay hands and the baby showed up and appeared i i've seen some mm -hmm. stuff happen um and 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 i'm 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 oftentimes like god god you know there's a there's a, there's a level of fear mm -hmm. because who am i am i supposed to be connected to this ministry and i'm supposed to wait my turn or or am i supposed to um wait and just build it and help them and so i took the option too i waited mm -hmm. helped them and build and one of the things that i learned in that um there's so many different things that happened in those 15 years you can imagine it's a long time it's a long time so really in my life i've had only three leaders um that really ushered me into the place of ministry and I became very, very close to leadership. Mm -hmm. and, and as I became progressively close, I learned a lot of things that I never wanted to do in my life. And so as I'm coming into this, I never opened my mouth. I kept my mouth closed. I didn't come to them as someone new in ministry. I had been in ministry at this point for at least five years. Yeah. So I'm coming to you in a little bit, bit more seasoned mm -hmm. place than, mm -hmm. than most. Yeah. And so when I get there, I never open my mouth. I, I say hello. My wife at the time, she did not want to join the ministry. She fought me on it. Like, wow. you just going to go and join something that we ain't even been there long enough. I said, I just feel the leading me of the Lord. And she was like, no, not doing it because they're mean. They people mean, <laughs> they nasty, and I'm not doing it. I come, my, my grandfather will take us in. No, I don't feel led to do that. Well, well okay, <laughs> well, I'm not coming. And she wouldn't come. Oh, really? And so, yo, so no, she, she would not come. She felt something that was she felt not it. right. And I should have listened. Yes. yes. But everything went bad. I, I'm getting there. So as time progressed, we're developing this relationship we're building and one night i would never forget it i was at a men's meeting and at that time the apostle said to me marcus close us out in prayer and mind you they had not heard me say nothing oh wow 
And at this time, there's a there's a lion. The lion is woken yeah. up. Yeah. You know. And so I began to pray, and I began to pray like I knew. And I, I started out, you know, I slow, you know. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. And all of a sudden, I just I, I, what they call it, um, I crescendoed <laughs> into prayer. And um Prophet came out from the back and was like, Hello? <laughs> Where have you been? We had, yeah. And um I got, you know, I got and there are people that can, can validate this. I I began to open up prayer um for every almost almost not all service, but almost every service. Mm -hmm. Um I began to open up prayer and that's what I was known for was opening up prayer. And eventually as people began to come, um there is uh, a couple people, Prophet, I mean, um, Prophet, I mean, um, uh, Mr. Mich um, uh, Crayla McElroy, she would come and we would tag team. And mm -hmm. then um, for those who don't know, Apostle Chad Strickland, we was, we was connected. Mm -hmm. We all grew up and we would be like lightning and thunder. We still try to figure out which one is lightning and who's thunder. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, we would tag team and we would just, it would be us three and we would just open up services because we just, we had a different type of prayer life. We, we, we prayed. We didn't pray just openly, we prayed together. And progression happens, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, as we grew in this thing, we began to really understand, or I began to understand really that this was the place. Um, I've driven and served some of the you know, greatest people in this ministry that we would consider famous in church. And um, it was a th thing for me. Um, and and I had some hardships mm -hmm. in this ministry. I, I did. and But not all things were bad. Um, there are some things that I will never speak of mm -hmm. out of my mouth. I, they will go with me when I go home to be with the Lord. But all things weren't mm -hmm. bad. And and the thing that I had to learn, uh, Bridget, is I had to heal from the place of hurt because I held it. Even after being away from them for 10 years, I had resentment that was hindering, God bless you, Pastor Tamika, that, that was hindering my movement in God. It was hindering me. It was hurting me. And because I was holding on to these leaders. And here's how I got to J. Kidd. Um, used to start out, I used to have a podcast, or not a podcast, at those times, it was called um, Snap Cam. Okay. And okay. Snap Cam was, you had 30 second videos that would just go up, and you would do like little promote, like little like, inspirations, mm -hmm. I would start doing them. And this was like in the early 2010, okay. 2013. And, um, I start doing this and I began to really articulate, you know, the moment mm -hmm. of ministry. And so, um, God bless you. Good one. And so many times I would ask people like, you know, how, how, you know, people ask me, well, how did you become J kid? I used to call myself Judah kid. And, and um, you can go all the way back in my Facebook and you can see it. It's Judah kid. This is Marcus Murray. Well, this is Jada Kid. 
God bless you, your friend, cousin, uncle, you know, that, you know I used to <laughs> say it all the time. And I took on a persona and a character of social media. Okay. Because back then you only had 30 seconds. You didn't have four hours, <laughs> 10 hours. So I had to say what I need to say quickly. Mm-hmm. And um, I began to literally just minister and I would always open up, this is your boy, your friend, your homie, Judah Kid, you know, I would do it like that. And Judah Kid was just like so fun for me. It was like the the best time. I used to want to do Kid, Judah Kid TV. I used to want to do all kinds of things. <laughs> and um, I was like, Lord, please let me just be, you know, Judah Kid, Kid. you know. <laughs> You know, when I would minister, they would put on the flyers back then, uh, Mr. Marcus L. Murray, because at that time I was always minister. Mr. Marcus L. Murray, a.k.a. Judah Kid. You know, and I was I was happy about my Judah Kid. Like, I was loving it, yeah, you know? Yeah, you were a celebrity. I was a celebrity. In my head, I was And so, um, um, and at that time, that's when you had the rap coming up mm-hmm. and, and I was ministering around colleges. And so I was really having fun mm-hmm. evangelistically in Judah Okay. And I remember um, even my leader at the time was like, yo, Judah with me. And we would just have fun with it. And it was, it was just exciting. And that was totally different than who you were. Yeah, who you I were was. So serious. I was so serious. And so when I got a chance to have fun in God, it was like somebody came and took the air right out of me. Because you got to remember, like, in those days, ministry wasn't played with. You didn't just play with mm-hmm. ministry. You didn't do ministry just to do it. You did it because there was purpose behind it. And you wanted to make sure that you did the mm-hmm. right thing. Mm-hmm. And so I I personally was like, yeah. I'm Judy Kid. How you doing? <laughs> and um, it became a thing. And I start doing. Then that's when Facebook start doing lives, and we got an hour because you know you used to get an hour uh-huh. for Facebook Live. And so I would do like ten minutes because I knew my time was going to run out. And um, I would have fun with it, but I decided that I wanted to help my ministry. I wanted to help them do some things. So I, I enrolled into school again. I went for digital cinematography, which is film. Okay. And so a lot of people wonder why I'm so open with the camera. Here's why. I went to school for film. You know? <laughs> um, I am educated in film. And so um, as I progressed in that, um, I started to really learn you know, that I really wanted to come out of that place. And how I ended up in that place, I started to really pay attention to how things were going for me. And and at this point, ministry for my leaders was moving and booming. We were in Jacksonville, Florida. I kind of cut through the line a little bit. We were in Jacksonville, Florida. um, And at that time, my wife at the time, you know, yeah, we was we was doing ministry. I mean, we was moving. I was traveling with my leaders. I was moving, and wow. um, time progressed again. And um, 
I knew that I was in a dangerous place, Bridget, because I was still not satisfied with my life. Okay. And um, I had a lot of moments of infidelity in my marriage. Okay. And 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 and, and I'm realizing now, you know, because sometimes people don't, people don't want to hear you say that you've been down the road of sin. I was sinning. Yeah. And, and it wasn't, it wasn't like, it was funny because looking at it, looking back at it now, I became a product of what I submitted under. So those spiritual coverings, coverings can really harm. To harm you because you, you don't, you, people wonder, well, how does the spirit of lust happen? Mm-hmm. It happens because you're unsatisfied. It's an unsatisfying spirit. It doesn't. It doesn't create the idea of satisfaction. It mm-hmm. creates the idea of torment. Mm-hmm. So when I got to the place of torment, I, I would act out. And could not figure out why I was acting out. It didn't make sense. So, no. so then as I progressed and as I've learned, it's because sometimes you can be connected to something that's mm-hmm. still trying to figure out if it's still ready to come out of that thing itself. So we got a lot, a lot of people that want to be in leadership but don't want to be honest that they need healing in the place that they're in. You can be and they're and they're hurting people underneath them because yeah. we talked about today that agreement. When you come you to agreement, yep, and it, and 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 that's how it formed for me. And so here I am, married, not have a child yet, asking the Lord for a child, asking God that everything that the Son to try to consider a son and the Lord says to me it's because you're still sinning that I haven't released your son wow it's because you're still in this stuff and I remember one day I had a moment and I was I had found out some stuff some very horrible terrific things and I I cried out to the Lord mind you I have a good job I, 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 I screamed and hollered in church service one day and said, Lord, give me this job so I can take care of my family. I've never been a person that didn't work. Mm-hmm. And so I screamed to the top of my lungs, God, please, I begged him for this job because I worked for the government. And I got it. And I remember I felt like I was still unfulfilled. I felt like I was still not satisfied. And I begged God. I said, God, I have sinned. But God, God, please take this off of me so I can bring my son into the earth. So we can have a son. So we can have a child. I begged him. And did you were you aware that it was a spiritual attack that you were under? At the time, no. Um, but when I start realizing the deliverance need to happen in me, 
I began to ask God to clean my heart. And I was on a straight and narrow. I was like, mm -mm, I'm not doing this no more. I'm not following this anymore. I'm done. And when anyone knows about prison life, working in a prison, working in it is just as bad as being because there's so many demonic things going on mm -hmm. in prison that you're literally, if you're not girded up in your mind and your heart, you can mm -hmm. fall left and right. Oh, wow. Because you're around these people sometimes um, for a year. I was around these people sometimes 12 to 16 hours a day. It became a second family to me. And so... So you so, have all of these demonic spirits just... Just gravi gravitating to me, coming at me. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, Lord, mind you, I haven't dealt with my childhood trauma. I haven't dealt with things that I've dealt with in my childhood. I haven't dealt with any of the stuff I dealt with in my adulthood. I'm, I'm married. I'm, 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 I'm now fighting stuff that I don't understand why I'm fighting it. Not realizing it's because I'm connected to something that's still fighting with stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, okay, God, help me because I need some help right now. And so, so as I'm progressing in this, I turn 30. And when I turn 30, my son comes. So, so now I have a baby boy. I'm father 911. I'm like on him like all the time. And then depression hits me. And I'm like, what's going on? Like it, it God, can we talk for a minute? I don't. I don't want to go through this. Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't want to be in this place. I. I don't want to fight this demon. And and I'm trying to stay strong. I'm in prison, working in the prison system. I'm. I'm out, but the depression hits me. Then I get a conversation. Why don't you move back to Columbus? And we're going to build a church there in Columbus and we're going to put you over it. Maybe this will take me out of my depression. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then they, they reason with me and say, you know, your parents are home. You just had a baby. And it's going to be a great situation. Should have never listened. Wow. Should have stayed right there in Jacksonville, Florida and not leave. And looking back at it now, I thank God for my journey, but there are days that I wish I could just say, no, you are out of order. Because moving back put me in further place of depression. And I started to doubt myself. I started to doubt God. Um, finding out everything Everything that happened and why we went to Jacksonville and all this stuff, it really hit a, it hit it hit me hard. And to watch everybody that stayed in Jacksonville to prosper and to move and find success, I'm sitting here, I'm like, God, why did I listen? Why did I stay in this place so long mm -hmm. that it became tormenting to my life? And people were saying, to me when I came back, oh, you're going to be fine. 
and I'm miserable with a, a brand new baby and I'm looking for somebody to soothe my pain. Mm-hmm. And I fall again. So, so now, not only are you developing problems, but now you're, you're now covering up wounds with more wounds. Mm-hmm. And it's so not, not filling the void. It's not filling the void. So I'm unsuccessful again in a place of success. It's, it just wasn't working. And I go to, now this, now this time, me and my, 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 my son's mother, we part ways. And I don't, because I don't want, I got a prophetic word. They were getting, my son, my, my, my son's mother were getting prophetic words. And, it, and I'm going to be honest, I was tormented by the prophetic. Mm. Because my son and my son's mother are getting words about their life. And I'm not in the prophetic word. So now the enemy now takes that and now torments me about prophetic words that I'm not a part of. Oh, so people were speaking into their lives, but you were not part of their, wow. And then I realized it was because they were after my, my wife at the time. So I'm literally sitting here listening to people give prophetic words to my son's mother and then later on finding out that they were coveting my son's mother. So that played on my mind. You you friend me. You talk to me. You tell me I'm your friend. I'm your brother. I'm the one that God has sent to help you but all along, you're trying to remove me out of the way to make me feel bad about a prophetic word that you gave to my son and my son's mother, but you excommunicated me out. And then I knew about prophetic manipulation. And this was at the church that y'all... No, no, no. This was the people that was coming connected to that church who were, who were leaders who say, I love you, but ultimately try to get me. Now, when they see me, they run to the left because they think that I'm still holding on to that stuff. And so when people hear me, if I tell the truth, if I tell people what really happened, then I'm looking like I'm just snitching. So I hold it, suppress it, forget it. But all along, I'm trying to do ministry and I'm trying to give people what God gave me and I can't because manipulation has been entered in through prophetic gifting. And it torments me because the enemy sees that this is happening and he's playing on it. You're not a part of their life. You're not going to be a part of their life. Excuse me? Then I get a prophetic word. Then I see another man holding your son, calling him daddy. Mind you now, I'm still broken. And then the one thing I prayed for, now I'm being told, is getting ready to be taken from me. Depression is nothing to play with when you're still trying to get healed. No. But 
for play like this in church and say God said, but God didn't tell you to say that because if he told you, he told you to pray, that it would not happen, but it happened. This is stuff people don't want me to talk about because if I start telling people, I start telling them folk, this is what you did to me. And I held it. You know, we had a conversation a couple weeks ago about church hurt. Yeah. Is church hurt real? And so we had people come on and say it's not real. It's yeah. people that hurt people. What do you feel yeah. about that? Church hurt is real because we are the church. We are the church. So if if my if we say that church church hurt, well you can't say what else who else hurt you? A lot of leaders, let's put it out there, it's really leaders hurt. Leaders. Because because church folk don't realize that the leaders are the ones that are the responsibility of the sheep. Amen. So really, because you did what you did, you put people in position to now cause them to be in leadership to now hurt that what you're responsible for. Amen. So tell me that church don't exist. That's a lie that you faith in it, because it is. Because the Bible does not refer to us as the four walls of the church. It says, no, you not that your body is the temple of the You got choice. And so the revelation Relation of hurt does not come from the identity of one who now speaks it by a group. It's a group of people that are a mob in the church that now activate the hurt that's already going on. And so I get to the place now where I say, when people say, there's no such thing as church hurt. Well, that's a lie. So what are you? Are you a wolf? <laughs> are you a wolf in sheep's clothing that now models itself after the world? So is world hurt? Or is it really church hurt? And you don't want to take the responsibility that you are the church. And someone got scarred in the place that was supposed to be a place of healing. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So when we say that, I'm like, man, that's stupid. That's dumb to say. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as church hurt. That's a lie. So then who are you? Amen. Know you not that your body... This is what, this is what really gives me. And this will make sense. It says this. You are the ecclesia. Call out one chosen, mm -hmm. royal priesthood, holy nation, but yet it still is no church hurt. It's church hurt. Church hurt. Prove If that's not the case, then tell me why Moses got hurt when he come down the mountain and he strikes the rock. That was hurt. It was exemplified through action. Mm -hmm. He was mad because God showed us he's been good to us, but then you're still doing what you did before. Then Moses gets in trouble because of what? Church hurt. So, Apostle, now you're pastoring, you're prophesying, you're teaching, you're evangelizing, yeah. and you're going through depression. Mm -hmm. So what happened? How did you come out of it? I never did. <laughs> Whew, I never did. Today, people will tell you that Marcus never came out of that place because I, I didn't deal with the, the wounds that were given. I never had the opportunity to say, I'm hurting. I never had opportunities to grieve the hurt. So then... Here comes J-Kid, a per mm. personality that protects Marcus. Okay. 
J. Kid now is dangerous. So you're, still loves you're hurt and you're angry and you're depressed. And I'm depressed. And 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 lost my identity. So no longer now I'm 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 resorting to alcohol. I'm resorting to not drug use, but starting to sell drugs. And how old were you at this time? I'm 31. I'm carrying guns concealed. This is like, you just told yeah. us the story of this young man who did everything right yep. how did the enemy come in so i got introduced to and, and let me say this just as a a place uh the people that i connected to when i was in the motorcycle club i highly respect them and um i highly appreciate them mm -hmm. um, because there are certain ones that are in my connection in those worlds that they saw it but they just let me be they saw that I was a man of God but they let me be um, and I became looking for a group of a community where I could be accepted and, and really be loved mm -hmm. by a group of pe people who ride motorcycles. I love to ride. Anything that really knows me, I am, when I get on the road, I zone out, I pray, I'm underneath two wheels and I'm just going and I'm not looking back. I'm not, I'm focused on the road. I get, have to be defensive mm -hmm. driving. I love the wind in my eye and mm -hmm. in my face. I love all that. Love the shirt flapping in the wind. I love all that. And I found a way to become free and liberated without the stipulations of God. And mind you, in the back of my head, I can't leave the tree that far away. So I love my, my, my TU family because it taught me how to be aware. Mm -hmm. It taught me how to be amongst your enemies mm -hmm. and still love them. It taught me how to not be the crab in the barrel. Um, it taught me a lot. It taught me what it looked like to be in a crowd of protection. I remember um, one night, I won't say the club's name, we were having a cabaret. And at that time, I was dating a young lady. And I'm, anybody that knows me knows that in certain spaces, I'm uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, um, so I'll sit on the wall and I'll just sit there and I'll have my little drink in my hand 
And I don't say nothing to nobody. Mm -hmm. I, I don't talk to people. I don't look at people in the face. I have my sunglasses on. I don't look at people in the face. I don't do nothing because mm -hmm. in those worlds, it's dangerous. It can go from zero to 100 real quick. And I remember when I was in the motorcycle world, I would not forget Jesus, though. I, I knew what I was going through, but I wouldn't forget. It's like there's something embedded in me. I'm covering you. I remember one day I was at um, a cabaret, and a club that came in town, and they were doing the number count. And at that time, I didn't do anything. I worked, I, I was a probie, so I didn't have the free reins as somebody who was fully packed. I had to work myself through the rankings. Uh, and I didn't have a motorcycle at the time because I had got rid of mine. And, and I was a probie. I, I had a P in my back, um, okay. which means that you do everything you suppose. You, you know, in the world, mm -hmm. you, 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 know, you, you do what you're at, you told, mm -hmm. you don't do what you're at. And so um, I was at this cabaret, and I'll never forget it. My, 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 one of my brothers in the room, he, he was the president of it. And we had all kind of strayed away from church because there were so many things that happened. And he said something to me one day. He said, you know, my uncle was in it, my, my uncle. Um, so everybody knew I was um, my uncle's, you know, nephew. Mm -hmm. And my uncle has very a lot of respect in that world. So, you know, I don't really get bothered with, and I don't talk that much because my grandmother and my mother hated it that I was in. <laughs> my son's mother hated it that I was in. They, they hated it because they, they knew the danger of it. Yeah. And um, I was in it, and I was, you know, it's fun. You know, I get to ride away, you know, and all this stuff. And I progressively won, got into certain things, and I got a target on my back. I don't say nothing. I don't talk, I, you know. And in order for them to get their patch, they find their target. And, and so I didn't know this until like years later that I was targeted. And once you get targeted in certain spaces, you're just like, okay, wow. wow. But for some reason, God, God protected you. Protected it. And so um, I've had guns pointed into my face, I, you know, and, and I and and I don't know what it was. Really, to be honest, I was I was just in a low place. It was a very low season in my life. I didn't want a lot of pictures. I didn't want a lot of evidence of me being around it. I, I just I have some evidence, but not a lot. I just didn't care. And I remember I was at uh, one of the club um, houses, and there was this old man. He was a president. His name was Knox. And, and one day he called me over to the table and he said to me, hey, come talk to me real quick. And he was drunk. But he was sober enough to communicate with me because they respected me. There was something about me that people knew I was not yeah, you supposed were to be there. Yeah. Um, um, and he said to me, he said, Marcus, he called me by my name. He normally called me by JK, but I could tell that he was, he was, he was, he just, I want to tell you this, man. He said, I love you. He said, but you don't belong here. 
you don't belong in this. And, and I struggled with it because I'm like, man, but I love, you know what I'm saying? I just love to make the know, man. You are a man of God. And when he, he said it to me, Bridget, it, it hit me and I start crying. Because I, I, I was like, how does he see this? And I don't say nothing. He said, but I've watched your stuff. I've watched your old videos. Man, you a man of God. You ain't supposed to be out here. Wow. And that was God, God speaking through him. God speaking through him. And and literally year, a year later, not even a year, six months later, he passed on. Um, and he said something to me. Um, give it up. I played with it. I wrestled with it. And mm -hmm. I remember one day I was, I was like, I was accepted. I had positioning. Mm -hmm. I finally got my patch. I finally was, I got my full ranking colors. I was fully vested and I was excited and, and I wasn't fulfilled. It's like God, God himself was like, I have something on your life. And this ain't the way. I remember when I was a horrible drug dealer at that time. I was trying to help everybody that could. And um, <laughs> horrible. Just horrible, horrible, horrible judges. Um, <laughs> horrible. And I remember I used to work at a shoe company. And I had figured out a system in this shoe company that I worked for. And I used to give people shoes for their children. I would give people stuff just because I, I felt like they needed somebody to show that they saw them. Yeah. And God said to me, Marcus, even though you're sinning and you're doing wrong, do you see their heart yet? And I'm like, no, nah, I don't see it. And uh, um, kid began to literally start dying out. The markets start rising up. And I had moments. And so we eventually came out to motorcycle club. I stood up. I told the, my club, I said, listen, God's calling me to ministry. Mm -hmm. I got to go back to what I know. Mm -hmm. And every last one of them stood up and just began to embrace me. And they said, we understand what God's doing. And they were waiting for me. They, they accepted me and they were waiting for me to just really just give it back to God. And I did. And to this day, some of them... They, 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 they say, I'm proud of you. I appreciate you. You are an example mm -hmm. of, for us. And some of them have gotten baptized. Some of them gotten saved. Mm -hmm. Not because of me, but yeah. maybe I've had a little plant, a little seed that was dropped. And uh, I progressed. And so after that, you know, that's how J-Kid. I will never tell how I got into the club because for, for protection and safety of mm -hmm. others. But I'll say this, I was not sent into the club because of my will. I was sent on assignment. And yeah, that's what it was sounding that's like. Was, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, was to, it was to really watch and protect somebody else. But I was so loyal to ministry that I became disloyal to myself. Wow. And... Um, yeah. So, you yeah. know, um, as you were speaking, I was thinking the same thing. So do you think God sent his prophets 
into situations. It's kind of like an undercover. Uh, yeah. In like yeah. cop. Yeah, it's, it, yeah. They take on the whole personality. Yeah, they do, and 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 I'm an example of that. Um, God sent me in there. I remember I was in a club one night, and I had, I was mad, and someone made me really mad, and I start prophesying and telling all their business, and they look with this look on their face and they were, I said, and if you don't get it right, God going to get you. And they, they left the club that night and they went home and they ended up weeks later leaving their club because I, I was mad. And, and, and I used to use my gift as a weapon. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Don't play with me because I hear God. <laughs> <You know? laughs> was, so I'm going to use my gift as a weapon. They do. Don't, don't, don't talk to him when he's mad because he's going to use it. And I used to use, and I, and I hate to say it like that. I know that sounds so wrong, but I, I was like, no, they're not going to treat me like anything. The Lord told me to tell you this. And I, and the Lord was just revealed stuff to me, but he was trying to really keep me in a place where he would show me that, listen, I've got my hand on you. You can't be out here like that. You uncovered when you out here. So, yeah, that's what happened. That's how wow. J.K. became J.K. Marcus became J Kid because I was rebellious. I was you so. Know, so how long ago did you put J Kid to rest? Um, woo. See, it's two thousand twenty-three. Marcus is ten. Um, strongly six years ago. Wow. Six years ago, and so then you got. You went through all of that mm -hmm. six years ago. Um, I remember I was working at a shoe company. Khalees came into the shoe company and I passed out because I thought they had found out my secret. <laughs> I, I was on this, this thing and I was just like, oh, they found out. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, they found out. They, they, they know. Oh my God, they know. I'm going to jail because I had, I had, I had built a system. Uh, <laughs> people want to know how I got started with tennis shoes, but this is how I got started. I had built a system, and I was. Learn, I learned the system so well, I start sending this product okay. to my people. <laughs> and I was sending it all over, all over. And so I would have packages of six and $7,000 worth of product. And uh, um, I became a, a booster that was plugged. <laughs> and um, yeah. And I, one day I went to work and the, the sheriff showed up. And I passed out because <laughs> I thought they had found out. I thought they found out. All of this stuff, God kept his hands. Still, listen, I, still kept, I'm like, God, you sure you want me? To this day, I still ask God, you sure? You, you know, <laughs> but because I'm smart. So, so I looked at the way they were doing stuff mm -hmm. and 
I said, oh, I could just change the address, put a sticker on it, send it UPS, and it drops <laughs> off at the place. And that's what was doing. So I would grab three, $400 worth of stuff, put it in a box, and we shipped it out. <laughs> and it was working. But my problem, watch this, my problem was I got too arrogant mm. in the process. Pride became my force. And then I was so smart. I was so smart. I would know when to not do it and when to do it. Wow. So I would tell, I told everybody, it was on, I had a team and everything. <laughs> we were sitting, we were, they, they was losing thousands, thousands a week. And, um, they, I told him one day, I said, listen, my friend, stop. We got to stop right now. Push pause. And they would stop. And then one day, one person didn't tell me. And so we weren't covered because I had people in every department. So we, were, we, we, had, we had a system. We had a system. You hear me? <laughs> and we, we would know. And, and we would know when to do it, when when not to do it, when to do it, when to do it, because we had somebody in each area. Yeah. And Dummy went and did it by himself and shipped it to his house. Guess what? The sheriff came, and I said, I stopped. I'm about to pass out. And, 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 and no lie, this is the truth. This is six, six this is about seven years ago. Um, no, it's about eight years ago. Um, Marcus. Uh, um, not Marcus. Um, one of the packages got sent back, and that's how they ended up starting investigating. And I said, "Lord Jesus!" So we was we were so skilled with it that they start watching tracking numbers, and I knew not to do nothing. I knew, <laughs> I knew, I knew not to do nothing. And I would tell them, I, I would see another people. I say, you gonna do it? Yeah, put this in the box for me and move on my man <laughs> away. Like, I'm, not I'm, I'm not touching it. And 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 I realized I was literally smart about it. I was like, no, I'm not doing it. And when the sheriff came, I passed out. <laughs> I'm, I, I was like, oh, I was just like, oh, I passed out, and um, and I and at that point, I got saved. I, I got real saved. I saved, and I literally like, you know, just walked away. And they and it would ended up happening. This would end up happening. Somebody was doing far more than I was doing. So oh. mind you, I'm, I'm doing about six, seven thousand dollars a month. They were doing sixteen to fifteen thousand. Oh my gosh. And so they went throughout the whole company and they start opening up these boxes and they were Ugg boots. You know, back then Ugg boots was really popular. Oh yeah. You know, about three, four hundred dollar yeah. pair of shoes. Oh. They found seventy boxes of empty stuff. So I was clear. They was like, you, they were like, do you know about it? No. <laughs> I do not know about that. I'm sorry. Um, but what ended up happening, the reason why they didn't press charges is because I became, I came clean. I said, I can tell you everything that's been done. I came clean about me. Yeah. And you can't touch me on that note. And I remember I was in the meeting and 
I brought out some shoes that I would get ready to take because I had a system where I would take the shoes, I would go to the store, I would I would sell them to the people, and they would give me money for them. So I, I had a system where, and I always would get women's stuff because that's just how it was. Uh-huh. And um, I had two pairs of shoes. I was going to take them the next day, and I remember the Lord said to me very clearly, son, if you don't want this to come back on you, take the shoes out your truck. And I went to my truck and I said, here you go. Here's some product for you. And when I did that, they looked at me and they said, thank you. I walked away, no charges. Wow. Mind you, at this point, I'm a fe- I will be a felon for what I did. And they could have easily pinned me because they didn't have nobody else. And um, I walked away and I never went back. I never turned around, never went back. I've never done it again. And that was a lesson learned. Look how God just covered you. Oh my yeah. God. Now, mind you, this is only getting stages in my life. <laughs> so so then, then I decided I'm leaving ministry. The ministry I was at, I decided that I was leaving motorcycle. I finally meet a person, and she's younger than mm-hmm. me, and we just clicked. And that's my wife that I met, and there was something about her that made me have to mature greater. Okay. And I, I was afraid, but I knew that I still wasn't healed. Mm-hmm. I wasn't healed from the hurt. I wasn't healed from the pain of previous situations. But I, I felt safe. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, if I could replay time, I would have probably took my time in connecting with her hmm. and really be patient in it because if there's anyone that knew me, she knew me and she knew stuff about me that no one else knew. Of course, it doesn't help that most that she was in psychology either. Oh, okay. You know, she could pick that stuff up. And then I go into four years or five years of learning someone only to experience things in that relationship in ministry. This is when I figured out that ministry cannot be your first call. Okay. I was so driven by ministry that I rejected my wife. Because I got the look of ministry. I've got a wife that can preach and can sing her behind off. And I've arrived. This is going to be the greatest tag team in the world. Mm-hmm. But I neglected my first responsibility as a husband. Oh. And again, falling into depression. So five years of ministry, five years of this, and I'm, we're doing things, we're doing conferences, we're doing services, we're building, we're building, we're building, and building, and building, but 
we neglected each other. I neglected her, which ultimately caused her to neglect me. And, and we fell apart. And so now marriage ministry for me is much different because now, now I can tell you some stuff not to do. I can tell I can literally look at people and tell they're doing what they're doing wrong in their marriage because I've done it and I failed horribly at it. If I I'll be honest. This is only last only last year since we've been divorced. And so here it is, I'm going through another ridicule because I've neglected my first my first ministry. I neglected my child at this point because I'm driven by ministry. I'm not driven by nothing else. And, and I'm putting myself in a position to now ignore the two people that love me the most because I want everybody else's attention because I still haven't dealt with your my trauma. Yeah, your childhood traumas. And so when you're born into rejection and abandonment, it's hard for you to really embrace the fact that you're no longer that person. So now I'm protecting the child in me because I've gone through all this hurt and I've never dealt with it. So then now, as I'm in Charlotte, I'm hurting my wife because I'm focused on trying to build everybody else up and step her. And, and I didn't to have get that validation. There you go. And I'm, I'm, I'm neglect. I'm saying this. I neglected my first responsibility in that. And looking back at it now, I just wish I would have listened to those those leaders who came to me and said, "Stop," because you're spiraling fast. I didn't listen. So then I go through the church hurt. Then I get ridiculed. I get called a womanizer. I get called all these names because people couldn't understand that I was crying for help. I'm looking for leaders to help me. Leaders is turning on me. Mm -hmm. Leaders is creating these thoughts, wanting to know more about prophetess and apostle and Instead of knowing me, mm -hmm. they want to know about what I came from instead of knowing me. So I'm going through this abandonment again, and I'm just rehearsing it. I'm going through a cycle. Finally, last year, I make a choice. Try to find a job, couldn't find one. I said, God, I'm going to start teaching, and I'm going to pull my book off the shelf. Mind you, I put my book on the shelf for several mm -hmm. years. Because I was depressed. I can't give you what I want to give you. Because I don't know how to give it. Because people keep telling me that you're repeating the same thing over again. Mm -hmm. And I'm now neglecting and throwing away my life. Because I failed at marriage a second time. I failed at relationships. I don't have friendships. People don't want to be around me. But yet and still people say they love me. Don't make sense. Don't make sense. And so... I, 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 and then watch this. And then people that said they love me don't embrace me. They embrace my ex-wife now. You know me for 20 years. You know her for six. And you act like I don't exist. How are you supposed to get through that? <laughs> and then I start now putting myself as the victim. Mm. 
oh, well, now everybody's against me. Now I'm trying to isolate myself. Now I'm in isolation because you've been my friend. You didn't know her until you knew me. Mm -hmm. But I don't know how to process that. And I'm processing it wrong. Yeah. And I'm, I'm putting people against each other in my head. Oh, you my enemy. You my enemy. Mm -hmm. Now I'm over here trying to rebuild my life and I don't have no friendships. So now you're feeling rejected again. And now I'm reopening scars. And I'm reopening stuff that I would never reopen again. So then I'm I'm coming I'm coming to the I'm coming to the close. So then now after all of this stuff that's happened mm -hmm. to me, all the pain, all the hurt, people that I've known for 10 and 50 years, I'm reaching out to them, trying to get them to hear me cry because I need help. I can't, I don't understand my apostleship. I don't understand being a prophet. I don't understand being a doctor. I don't understand all this. It is just being thrown at me left and right. I don't know what to do. Help me. <laughs> and then God says to me, be quiet. Get on Clubhouse. Start talking about prophetic responsibility. I'm building, a, I'm now building. building rooms for 500 people mm -hmm. Not before there was a cap before there was a replay i'm growing i've got major people on my stage mm -hmm. folk that coming up because the conversation is right mm -hmm. because my th thinking is different because i'm thinking mm -hmm. for god i'm thinking about how god moved amen and so, so conversation is right Direction is right. Function is right. Identity is right. Mm -hmm. And then I go through scandal. I lose my wife. And instead of people asking, are y'all okay? Mm -hmm. They say, what did you do? What did you do? Excuse me? Er? <laughs> what did I do? Why, why do you need to know that? We did. Or, or let me ask you this: Do you have enough discernment to ask the Lord, "Are they okay?" Yeah. And a lot, a lot of people didn't have it, so I had to sit there and pretend that I'm okay. But really, I'm like, I just lost. I'm grieving losing a second time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm grieving losing someone who cared about me, and now seven months later. I'm going through all hell because I don't know how to be alone. Y'all want to have these conversations. These conversations people don't want to have. I don't have an identity anymore because the one person that said that they cared about me, I just lost it because I didn't want to humble myself. Now, now I'm <laughs> how? How do you survive that? And I had to learn. I had to literally and then, then now I start using other people's connection to me to now fill voids. Mm -hmm. And so last year was pure hell for me. And I'm like, God, when does this stop? Mm -hmm. He said, when you stop trying to make excuses about the hurt you need to deal with. Wow. So then I, I, I call my brother. 
in the Lord. I call my brother in the Lord. I say, man, I need to talk to you. Apostle Shiraj Jones, to this day, I know this man is really my brother in the Lord. Mm -hmm. Apostle Jesse, I called him. I told him I, I was going through stuff. I, this is my this is my nine one one. I don't care about, about ministry. I don't care about anything. I need somebody to hear me holler one good time. I need somebody to see that I am going through pure hell. And if I don't get somebody to rescue me, I'm going to end my life. My brother says to me, "I got a. I'm my leader. You need to talk to him." I called you, said, my leader, I think, I think this is going to be good for you. I called Apostle Tony Paolo. And we talked. And I said to him, I'm thinking about, mind you, I'm coming out and I need somebody to cover me because I've been through all this hurt. I've allowed people to come and destroy my ministry. I've allowed people to fight me. I've allowed people to say things about me. And I need to tell you everything. He says this to me, Bridget. He says, I know you're a great man in wisdom and ministry, but I don't need to know that person. Who are you as a person? Wow. Did you have an answer? No. Because you still don't know who you are. He says, let me tell you this. Now, he don't like me calling him father. He called me bruh. But he said, let me tell you this. He said, listen, let's pray about it. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pray about it. Let's pray and see what the Lord says in about a month. Excuse me. <laughs> like I need help now. <laughs> I need it right now. Well, I don't feel like, like it's time for you to build ministry. Excuse me. <laughs> let's 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 just wait. Let's, let's build our relationship. But think about it. Every time you would start feeling a certain way, you would start getting busy in ministry. Yeah. It was to take you off of yourself. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so he, he forced me into a place of dealing with me. So he says to me, you know, I want to meet you in person. Uh, Pastor said that you're coming in to minister for him. This is what I want to do. Um, you're going to come minister both my services. Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited because I'm going into a different world. Okay. But nervous because they are very much intentional ministry. Okay. This is not, not going into a church and you don't have these got slideshows. They have, they have, they have templates. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this we call mega ministry. They, 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 they have, they have cameras. They, they, they people come in and they want to be taught. This up my lane, but and there's some of them on here right now. There's some of them. They're on here right now, and I'm like, Lord, I'm nervous because. I'm going in front of Italians. I'm going in front of Spanish people. I'm going in front of Africans. I'm going in front of uh, Latinos. I'm going in front of all different type of races. And God says to me, be you. Excuse me? 
So as I'm doing this, I go. The Lord says, are you ready for ministry to me? I say, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. He says, okay. I get a phone call from my brother. He says, we're going to have three services. Um, since you're here, you're going to preach Sunday morning twice. So I had to preach a nine o'clock service and I had to preach the 11 o'clock service. Okay. I had to then preach an evening service for my brother. So at this point, I preached three times. On Monday, I have another service. That's four times. On Saturday, I had to preach three more times. This is what the Lord said to me. He said, I'm, I'm catching you up in this season, but I had to put you in the right company of the right believers. Oh. But my spiritual I'm so happy. Cover, I'm listen, so happy my, for you. My, listen, my spiritual cover said to me, be you and have fun in ministry. Excuse me? <laughs> you never was told that before. I was never, never told that. So I missed the first service powerfully. And I recorded the first service. I missed the second service. I, I missed something completely different, but the same thing. And I'm loving it. Then all of a sudden he says, you know, I'm going to take care. You're, you're connected to me. That's how he talks. And we're, we're connected. You have me. I'm your, I'm a cover you. And, and at that point, he said, but I'm not worried about ministry. I'm worried about you, the person, Marcus. Not the apostle, not the doctor, not the prophet, not the, I'm about Marcus. And the reason why I'm in the place I'm in right now and why I can get on Clubhouse, do what I did on Clubhouse, why I can, is because I've got covering that now positions me, that now teaches me that it's about you first and then ministry second. It's about your son first and ministry second. It's about your soul, like you said, your soul. I ain't worried about none of that other stuff you can do. God bless you. God bless for what you do. But my the people that I serve, they look, listen to you something. And this is a God knows truth. I didn't know ministry until I got into Providence, Rhode Island. Everybody tries to send me all kinds of different places. I didn't know ministry until I got in Providence, Rhode Island. Because at that point, you if you can make it in Providence, you can make it anywhere. And I literally went and he said, be yourself. So I got to be myself. And out of that, healing started happening. I start painting. I didn't know how to paint. And I took a paintbrush and the Lord says, I want you to pay attention to the details. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh, gosh. So now the process of healing is happening and I'm coming into the newness of who I am because I'm covered by a real leader. I'm connected to real people and I don't have to fake it to make it. I'm literally living what God says I'm going to do. Oh my God. You know, thank you. Thank you for taking us on this journey. Yes, ma'am. Because it's like, like I can just see the whole story. Yeah. And it's like my heart breaks for that little boy. Yeah. Who had so many wonderful dreams, but God allowed you to go through all of these different places 
to get you right where you are. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and it's been satisfying. When you have people that don't know you from a can of paint tell you, I'm praying for you, and they really pray. Not that stuff that we do. Listen, man, it's it's a whole new world. My 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 he don't like me calling my spiritual father because you know in our church, in my church, we call spiritual fathers in in, 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 in a multicultural church, they call them brothers and sisters. But what I've learned in this world mm -hmm. is that God is real. God is real. I don't question it. So, so people be like, well, Pastor, why you don't talk that much anymore? Because I've learned how to operate in wisdom. I've watched the leader do it. He don't just talk just to talk. He talk when he has purpose behind it. Wow. So, so that's my story. Up close and personal with the prophet. How's yeah. your family? How's your family? My family is good. Um, you know, now that I've made the transition back home, um, my son, he loves it. Um, my mom and dad, they love it. They, they, you know, they've been very supportive in me, for me over these last uh, few months and weeks. And um, now, you know, we're coming into a new place. We're coming into a new season. And um, we're now, you know, God is really opening up doors for us, mm -hmm. um, relationship-wise. See, when great. I was in the motorcycle club, my family used to take family trips, and I never went because I was so focused mm -hmm. on that motorcycle stuff. And um, there was some missed time, um, and. Now that I've gotten older, you know, something about when you turn 40, I don't know what it is, like the light bulb go off or something. But they're good. They, you know, they're very supportive. They've been very much here. Um, but I know that God is mm -hmm. transitioning me to my permanent location. Yeah. And they understand it, you know, and, and, and to, to to finally be in my in the same seat, I haven't been in the same seat with my son consistently in almost three years. Wow! So to be here to spend that time in this crucial season, you know, God is really positioning me, mm -hmm. and He's saying, "Son, I got you. Do you trust me?" Yeah. Um, and so I can appreciate being here with them. My grandmother used to say it like this, God will give you another day to get it right. And yeah. I think this time I'm getting it right. And because I'm getting it right, things are moving for me in a much different way because I'm submitted to the moment of God that's got me in. I mean, I, I go to Providence. I'm teaching my class. Mm -hmm. my, my, my spiritual covering has given me the goal to teach the class there. And I get to travel, you know. Yeah. Um, I got invited to Ghana, and I'm going over there for a mission trip and taking some people with me. And, and, and God is opening up stuff because I said yes. But Amen. my yes my, my yes wasn't through my word. 
and yes was through my actions. Amen. And, and um, I'm, I'm, I'm learning how to pro process this season properly. Mm -hmm. Meaning, I never, never processed before. I was just long. I was. I'm very choleric. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm sanguine. I'm very sanguine. Mm -hmm. And um, I would just move. I just go. Mm -hmm. But now I've kind of stepped back, and I'm very mellowed out and I'm like okay God this is what we need this is what we need to do in these next couple of weeks and this is how we need to do it and it's maturing yeah, God just matures it's, it's maturing it and so yeah that, that that's how it's been for me and it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful place and a peaceful place because I don't have to question my spiritual father he said this to me he don't like me calling him that but he, he'll get off we play around with it a lot. Um, he said to me one day, he said, I can tell that you have changed. And when he said it, tears began to well up in my eyes because someone saw the work, yeah, the efforts of taking time and sitting out, getting quiet, you know. And mind you, through this process, I know I hurt some people. I know yeah. I hurt, you know, some people. And I take full responsibility for what I've done. Um, but I want them to know that Apostle never changed. He just had to change for himself. Amen. You know, I had to shift because a lot of times I position myself greater than God mm -hmm. when I need to be submitted to God. Amen. And, and so if any of them watch, know this, I know the heart that you saw, but the heart that it is now has shifted and I'm doing things that God allowed mm -hmm. me to do. God don't allow me to do everything. Anymore. I'm really intentional with my, with my time with the father. I don't, don't watch a lot of TV. I don't watch a lot. Of, I don't do a lot of things. I spend a lot of time with my, I try to spend as much time with my parents. I try to spend as much time with my son as I can mm -hmm. when I'm not working or doing something to mm -hmm. really enhance what God has given me when Amen. it comes to listen to that. And so that's, that's where I'm at. Well, you know, Apostle, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking us on this journey, yes, the journey of an apostle, of a yes, prophet, yes, of an evangelist, teacher, and pastor. You know, when we talk about the prophets in the Old Testament. You know, we talk, mm -hmm. talk about the prophet that hid in the caves. Yeah. You, yeah. you know. Yeah. He went through depression. Yeah. yeah. He had anxiety. He yeah. had been on the field for God and he had did some wonderful, wonderful work. Yeah. And he got tired. Yeah. And he got afraid. Yeah. You know, his his mental state. Mm -hmm. And he hid. And God took care of him yep. while he was yeah. in that cave. Yeah. But then there was a time when God says, time for you to come out the cave. Yep. 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 And, and, and it's so timing. Timing is everything. Um, when, I, when, I, when I decided to get back on Clubhouse, because, you know, Clubhouse was very traumatic for me. Really? Tra yeah, it was very traumatic for me. I saw the 
ugly, the good, and the different. Yeah. And um, now, now, I I I'm very guarded yeah. in that space. Um, because you know you deal with people. I only deal with people that I deal with outside mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. I deal with a lot of folks. Just because you know me, don't mean that you you got you got access to me like that. I wanted to ask you a question. I heard yes, a, a man say yesterday. I was in a room, mm -hmm. and he said, "When we enter clubhouse, we're entering a portal." Mm -hmm. And and I never thought about it like that. Yep, yep. Because you have to remember that's the airwaves. So. If you don't think about it, you don't see it. Mm -mm. But when, when you when you go into space like that, you're causing yourself to give your ear mm -hmm. to a place that only works through frequency. So the frequency is opened so that you can hear the station. It's the same as the conversation on the phone. You have to hear through the speaker but there's no wire connected. Therefore, the portal is open because you're now communicating in a space that the enemy tries to control. So that could be why we go through so much battle. Warfare. On there. Yeah. It's warfare. It's warfare. And we know God sent us there. Yeah. We just have to navigate through this thing. Yeah. And I'm feeling just like you're feeling right now. When I first got on, I was all excited and, you know, hearing all these different people. And now I'm just kind of like, I need to be very, very cautious. Yeah. Because not, not everybody has the heart for God. Yeah, not everybody has the heart for God. Not everybody has the heart. And some people see the, the, the propaganda. Mm -hmm. Some people see the exposure. Mm-hmm. Someone sees the, the 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 momentum of building. Mm -hmm. You know, some see the stuff that they don't want nobody to know about. Mm-hmm. You mean so you have to be careful because you have to remember something. There's a scripture, Revelations two and seven. He that have an ear, let them hear mm -hmm. what the spirit is saying to the church. But if it, it says spirit saying to the church. It is hmm. and say which one? Wow. He didn't have let them see it with the spirit is saying to the church. But we know that it's God's spirit. Amen. But what if they don't serve God? Exactly. And then you think about it, we're not looking at the person, we only hearing a voice. So when they say discerning, you have to be discerning. Yeah, you don't even know if you're talking to the right person. This person, the the profile picture can be totally different. Yep, they could be. There's a movie presenting themselves as somebody that they're yeah, not. They're not. There's a movie called One Player, one of my favorite movies, and the reason why it's one of my favorite movies is because they have a world that's digital. And in the movie, the person says, what if I'm a man? They said, um, he said to them, like, what if I like you? And he told the girl he liked her. And he said, you can't tell me that. 
Because what if I'm a man who's posing as a woman or who's posing as something that you like? I can become whoever I want to be in that world. Here's my yeah. point and here's my process. A lot of people prophesy to a photo that's not even the recent photo of them. Mm. I see you, your photo is you. You <laughs> see me, my photo is me. Mm -hmm. But some people may not even look like that. And you tell them, this is a smile. I, I, the Lord just loves your smile. <laughs> but what if they enhance that picture? <laughs> I'm a graphic designer. And, and, here's, and this is what's going to really make some folk mad, prophetically. Y'all okay. ready for this? <laughs> some people are mesmerized by the look of a mm -hmm. thing. Because in the graphic world, we enhance your ministry, make you look like you got millions of dollars. In reality, you may not have two pennies to rub together, but I can make you look like you got a ministry of excellence. Because graphically, I'm showing you something that may not even be true. And that's what happens on that app. So, since we can't, you know, they always say... You have to judge. What is it? The fruit. Judge a book by judge. <laughs> well, look, judge a book by its cover. Or judge the fruit. Some people's fruit is spoiled apples. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> some like, like some of the stuff I be hearing, I be like, did you just say that out your mouth? I, somebody said one day, and we was on the app, and, and I was laughing with Pastor Danny, and, and, and they said that they needed to, they need. Put some salt. What they say? Put some salt around your house. I said, excuse me. <laughs> Put salt around your house. What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> then they try to be, you know, they try to be uh, uh, bullies on the app. Yes. Let me tell you something. Calm yourself down before you get uh, that way, really. Because I don't think people understand, like, what are you doing? Like, you tell somebody they got they got sickness. You tell them to go put some oil all over their body and then get in the tub. First of all, <laughs> help me understand why I got to go put some oil all over this body <laughs> to create a ring in the tub. <laughs> Let me start. Not be in the same room sometimes at the same time because we just go in and laugh. Listen, I'm serious. Like, what do you be thinking? <laughs> For instance, today, young lady gets on the stage and she said she's talking about something totally different than what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, I'm thinking, like, who can I message right now and tell them, what is she talking about? <laughs> So I had 
kind of gradually, you know, I'm thinking, I said, let me open my mic a little bit, let her know, it's time for you to stop. But she started out very well. <laughs> brought, the, brought the scriptures, but then she turned it. I said, this is not, and this is the stuff I used to go through back in the day. Okay. People would get on the stage and they go completely off the subject. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, and I'm back channeling you about people and like, you like, I got this. <laughs> yeah, I got this one. <laughs> and, then, and then you come out and you're so eloquent in your speech. <laughs> and she got mad. And you see, she like, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> right. She got so mad, she wanted to come back up on that stage. No, ma'am, you're not doing like, this no right now. No, ma'am. <laughs> you know, and then on the flip side, let's go even deeper. There are some things that you just be like, I, I really get irritated when people prophesy to folk who've been mishandled in church. I'm like, what? Did you not hear? You just, just heard them more. You heard, you heard them more. And then <laughs> I have one of the people on this app. Somebody gave him a date. That date did not happen. <laughs> and who do you think they called yeah. to find out why did it not happen? Me. Why? Because they trusted my voice. And so I had to explain to them, watch this. And the moment I did that, all hell broke loose with me in that connection because people prophesied for propaganda. And I ain't scared to tell people, you are off and you need to go get back on your face because that is not the will of the Father. No. <laughs> I'll be like, OMG, what we doing out here in these streets? Look, and you you she need to hear it. <laughs> she she need to hear it. Yeah, she need to hear this. Because they, this, they be know, they go on these apps and they be seeing them. People be prophesying and they be lying. God ain't told you nothing in 15 <laughs> years and you ain't praying in 10. So how in the world are we getting ready to find out what God said through you? Come and on, And they man. looking at your PTR. Read. <laughs> oh, Oh my God. So I started a new um, clubhouse um, facial thing, right? Okay. Started a new one. I said, God, I need this. I'm going to test this thing out. And sure enough, people will prophesy to you. And I'm sitting, I'm thinking to myself, and, and one, one, and I, there are some on there that are very real. Please understand, there are some on there that are very real. But <laughs> we, are very, we are very cautious. Because let me tell you something. I realize this. If I can prophesy to you and people can manipulate you into doing this, and then I, I pour out and you don't even bother to come back and tell me, can I sow into your life? Yeah. I'll ask for see If people really know me, I won't ask for it. Mm -hmm. Because, but you ain't thought. <laughs> you ain't thought. <laughs> what are we doing? So I don't ask because I'm like, wait, you ain't thought this is real. Listen, I had somebody call me today. They said, you are a true prophet of God. I said, why? He said, everything you say come out your mouth, it happens. I said, well, that's God. And they mean, let's, let's put that mm -hmm. out there. And then secondly, like, we got to stop this, um, this game. Like, I'm, I'm sitting like, you will dishonor me and honor somebody else who just manipulated you to do something because they made you do it. Yeah, you're right. Nah, we're not finna do this. You're not finna get my oil for free. 
<laughs> and then they you go in the room and they make you feel bad. Make you feel bad. Because <laughs> you ain't so. Well, I I didn't even hear you. I didn't know that <laughs> when they start asking for money and all they did all day was prophesy, I leave. I know. Because what too. you're not gonna do is use my state, you use my my face. To get me to make you think that I'm a, I'm in agreement with this mess. I'm not in agreement with it. <laughs> so what I, I do when they start asking, unless they know, listen, there have been times where I knew God was, I knew God was in it. But but my thing is, if I spend time giving you some substance, mm -hmm. at least honor, because mm -hmm. sewing is still. A real thing you listen can you sow some time into my ministry mm -hmm, mm -hmm. can you sow some time listen can you can you can, are you clerical can you do something that i may yeah. need you're right are you a graphic designer sow something some don't i money ain't all what we need sometimes no. we just need somebody to say i believe in you and here's some of my talent you're right man let me tell you something and i'll be honest about this this journey has been difficult because i figure i realize that folk can say, take my class. I remember a long time, and I'm coming to this season now. If I put a class up, and 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 I, I you, people know how I teach, mm -hmm. so I'm not giving you crumbs. But if I give you a class, and that class is automatically going to be, you know, you're gonna get something mm -hmm. from it. Don't sit there and play with me, and won't. My class should have been full day one. Yeah, you're right. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But other folk, in day one, they already got sold out. I should be going through this because I'm a real teacher. I teach for real. I, I give you, I don't give you but crumbs. You, I give you a whole. You don't spend a lot of time on Clubhouse. See, these people on yeah. there every day. Every day. Yeah. And I don't do it. I, I got time for it. it. I, listen, I got time for it. <laughs> 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 Today was too long for me, if you want to be honest. I, I was in there like, it's time to go. We got to go. I'm spending too much time in this. But I thank God because we got to really see evidence of God moving. Oh, yeah. And so I can't be in these rooms just eight, nine hours. Will you, will, will you talk to Jesus? <laughs> I don't understand. When you have conversation with the Lord? Come on, man. We and so people... This is listen. I'm gonna make you laugh because I listen. I did. We can cry, Ooh, but we're gonna laugh too. I got time for that. Why are we still doing all this? I have my moderators on with me, and they probably yeah. thinking that's Dr. Murray talking because they know you as being so serious. Yeah, no. What are we doing? I thought, listen, y'all, listen, may God bless you real good, but don't, don't fall for the okie doke. Please don't, please don't fall for the oops and oops because there's a lot of them out there. Listen, do what God tell you to do. Stay in the will of the father and stop letting people just speak into your life, giving you some false direction because they was hungry and they wanted somebody to give <laughs> They wanted somebody to pay for their meal. Yolanda say, hey. Hey, 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 hey. This has been fun. I really enjoyed myself. It feels good when you take off some clothing and show some little leg, you know. <laughs> but I, I, I y'all gotta pray for me because listen, man, we have so many things coming up, and I just believe in God is going to do what He said He's going to do because listen, this is the real deal. This is not nothing about me. It's about the Father. In the name of Jesus, this has been wonderful. <laughs>
Yes, okay. ma'am. God bless Thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Marcus. Yes. Oh, you know, I'm just still going. I'm just thinking about the story. Wow, I got time. I got time for it. Let's, oh, let's, let's I'm go. just thinking about your story and, yes, you know, just your, your beautiful journey. You yes. know, it has been, oh, my goodness, preaching at such a young age. Yeah. Letting God yeah. speak to you and you speak to God's people. Yes, ma'am. Yes, and you know, I, I, we're not, we, we, you know, we got to go through the test, the fire. Yeah. Yeah. Got to. It's necessary. But um, we just don't know what it's going to be. That's the don't. thing. And I told somebody the other day, I said, I can't, when that day, when that day comes, <laughs> I put only my eyes on the camera that's here. When that day comes, oh, I'm going to do just this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna, you ain't gonna see no smile. I'm just gonna put my face like this, and that's gonna be the sign it happened. Because listen, I'm trying to tell you, when that day comes, after everything I done been, listen here. Mm. Woo, I'm gonna put my eyes like this. I'm like, do you see the tears? Because when that day comes, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna. Listen, I have been a person. That says it don't matter what it looked like. like I, when that day comes that God says, I'm releasing you into a place of your purpose and destiny. Hmm. After Dr. everything. Bird, I, I think you're on your way. I think you're. I think I'm kind of right know, here. Right listen, there. I, listen I, I, I keep getting the same word over and over again. I'm saying, Lord, I believe, I believe, I believe. Because let me tell you. When people don't even know, when you had to go through moments and you had to pay for conferences out of your pocket, out of your last, out of everything you had because you kept your word. You were a person that kept your word. And you say, God, I know you're going to honor this because I know you told me to do it. And you have to go through the suffering of release. Ain't nobody doing nothing free no more. No. Nobody. And so... When you get into a world and you say, well, God, is it about you or is it about them? When that day comes, where I don't have to worry about where my next meal is coming from. Y'all don't even understand. Like, it, it's, it, it's, it's the moment that I had to go through and say, God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, for you know, you, you know, and, 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 and to be able to just, man, it's stuff I can tell you. To be able to just get into the shower, to be able to just to do stuff that you couldn't do for a season, for a moment. People don't know. Huh. People have no clue. But when that day comes, Listen, I'm going to testify because my, listen, people are going to be mad at me. They're going to get sick of me. <laughs> I, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it all out because I know what it's like to be in this, in these places. I know what it feels like to be in a low place. I know what it feels like when I, when I get into my heel place. Because then the thing, I'm not even in my heel place. When I get in my heel place, I was in Providence, Rhode Island. This is no lie. 
Bridget, I tell you, I talked my heart out. And the reception I got from that was enough for me. When that, that day comes, I'm going to jump, holler, scream, shout, and you'll never hear my thank you. You're going to hear my thank you 10 times louder than my thank you now. Because, man, if people only knew the storm, what's the song? Though the storms in my life keep raging and the billows keep, listen, I know one thing for sure. My soul is anchored, anchored in him, in the Lord. Listen. Amen. So I'm grateful. Amen. Amen. Okay, I'm going to shut up now because I'm, I'm stirred. Uh, and I, I want, well, but, we, yeah. we love you. We love you so much, Dr. You. Murray. Bless and you. thank you so much for being on Morning Soul Shine with Bridget yes, and for telling your story. Yes, Please come back. Yes, ma'am. I, I want to I'll come be. back and preach. Uh oh, it's gonna be bad because <laughs> the, the preacher in me has risen. Listen, there's another storm out on the open and it's moving this way, and it's called Marcus. Listen, I'm trying to tell you, I'm, listen, I'm gonna stop, but no, I would love to come back. This has been fun, I, I really enjoyed myself. Uh, it has been an honor and a privilege to be able to fellowship with you and just tell my story. And that was really so good, yeah, it's really give you know identity to some things and say things that I have not been able to share and to be able to share it means a lot to me and I'm grateful and I'm thankful. I hope this helps somebody know to never stop doing what God said do. Build where you're going to build and out of that your triumphs become your great victory because you stay in the press in the press of what God gave. I wrote three books I wrote three books. I'm working on my second one right now. My third one is getting ready to be done. And it's at the editor. I wrote three books. The first book I wrote was Listen Effect on a Bend of Your Ear. The second one I wrote was Pay Attention to the Details. And it's getting ready to be released. Never let your limitations, your disabilities, your strongholds, anything that come up against your life, never let it stop you from doing what God's assigned you to do. And I promise you, it's going to be great. And there's going to be great things that happen for your life. Thank you again for allowing me to come onto your platform. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited about what God is going to do. I really appreciate this. I can't wait till we do the thing in Clubhouse. I'm, oh, I'm I ready. know. Oh my God, I'm so ready. You know what? You know I talked with, I spoke with the the moderators today, Yolanda. She's so pumped up, so yeah. she's yeah. gonna assist you um, yeah. in getting that room together. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm excited. It's gonna be powerful. Yeah. So listen, thank you again. Thank you. And, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. You are a blessing. Yes. You are a blessing. Thank you so much. Love you. You're welcome. Love you. Shalom. Shalom.